You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio episode, Brandon, number 245. 245. Great. Who cares? Uh, I'm Jimmy Kemsky with phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton. We are doing a emergency post of sorts here as Nate Herbig <laughs> has signed his restricted free agent tender. He will make $2.4 million this season. Uh, of course, just kidding on that. We're going to do our mock draft uh, episode with uh, just three. We're recording this on Monday morning, so it's just three days uh, until the 2022 NFL draft. I published mine this morning. Brandon has not yet published his. Uh, so we're going to go round by round. Uh, of course, the Eagles have two first round picks still. They have a couple of third round picks and they have a slew of fifth round picks as well. So I uh, got a, a fun show ahead. Brandon, what's going on, buddy? Who's the number one pick in terms of the meat snack world? Uh, that is righteous felon craft jerky. I'm so glad you asked that question organically, Jimmy. Uh, I didn't prompt you to ask that. You did it on your own. Righteousfelon.com is where you go and get it. You want to use discount code BGN15, BGN15 for 15% off your order. The same discount code works at wildnaturepet.com for 15% off dog treats. Jimmy, it's a jam-packed show. It's loaded. I feel like this is one of the best podcasts we do all year. Uh, okay. At least one of the most uh, fun ones, maybe, for us yeah. and the listeners. I would hope so. There's a lot of juice to be had, Jimmy. It's draft week. In addition to that, the Eagles are back at the NovaCare Complex today, reporting for the beginning of their voluntary off-season workout program. We'll have OTAs mm-hmm. coming up uh, at the end of May and such, and we'll see some of the Eagles' new draft picks that they make at that time. So uh, it's an exciting time. We're really ramping up here for all the excitement. So what better way to get into it than not only one mock draft, because we could, we could really just do one mock draft where we, you know, maybe combine our efforts, but it's two separate mock drafts for the price of right. one. Yeah. As, as we've found out collaboration uh, in terms of the Eagles uh, can go either way. <laughs> so these are uh, one mock draft from, from Jimmy, one mock draft from Brandon. You want to lead us off? Sure. Why not? So, I have no trades in my mock. That is a little spoiler for you. Um, I mean, I I think the Eagles will make trades, so that's already inaccurate. But just, you know, as a baseline, just kind of keeping it simple, 10 picks for the Eagles in this year's draft, starting at number 15, which I do think, before we even say a pick, I will say, I think think this has almost become common. Uh, I feel like in my mind, I want it to be like creative or a hot take or something, but I think it's actually, I think a lot of people agree with this, is that I think they should maybe trade up from 15 and trade down from 18. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. the question of what should they do? Just stay put, trade up, trade back. Well, it's like 
they should do both. <laughs> they should they should move higher and they should also move lower. But assuming they stay at number fifteen, that's a common want uh, among the fans. I think well, that's what I was saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, a lot of the fans share that opinion where they they right. want team they want them to move up from fifteen back from eighteen. Yes. Um, at number fifteen, and a player I think would be worth moving up a, a few spots for, not like you mm-hmm. know astronomical move up, but a few spots I would move up for a guy I really hope the Eagles get, and that is Jamison Williams, Jamo, mm, okay, if you will. I mean, I don't know what there isn't to like about this guy. Obviously, okay, the injury, Torian ACL back in January, but I don't know if you saw this. There's a video going around on Sunday evening, I believe, of him running and he looked pretty good. Like yeah. he's not like full on sprinting, obviously, towards ACL in January, but he's like running pretty well. He looks pretty good. And I think back to Landon Dickerson last year, and obviously he got hurt a little bit before uh Jamison Williams did this year. But like, you know, Landon Dickerson missed what? Like one game? Like I don't He was good to go in in week two. Well, he they didn't need him until week two, but right. he was good to go when they needed him in week two when Brandon Brooks got hurt. So you never you can't just assume that Jamison Williams will definitely be ready then or week one or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like this idea that he's gonna like miss his whole rookie season, like I don't I don't know. I'm not like that. My mindset isn't there. Like, I don't No, He's not a red shirt guy. Yeah. Like, I don't. And even if, if anything, maybe he starts on PUP, he misses like the first six games, like even mm-hmm. then, okay, that's not really the end of the world. And I don't even think it'll come to that. So I think the health thing is a little overblown. This is a guy who only turned 21 uh, about a month ago in late March. Obviously he has the one year of production, but you have to contextualize that in that he played at Ohio state where they had like a bunch of other very good receivers, including two yeah. that are going to get drafted mm-hmm. high in the first round this year. Um, and one that'll be very high next year. Um, so even, and then even in his time with the Buckeyes, Jimmy, he had 266 yards and three touchdowns on just 15 catches. Like he was still like efficient. He still made plays in the very small sample size that he had at Ohio state. And then you look at what he did in Alabama. I mean, 19.9 yards per reception, 15 touchdowns. He averaged 35.2 yards and scored two touchdowns on 10 kick returns. So there's some return ability in Mm -hmm. there as well. The idea that the Eagles can't take another receiver just because like Jalen Rager, they took Jalen Rager and he's bad. And it's like, Oh, they're going to be the lions. Now if they take three receivers for three years, like that doesn't matter. Like you need a receiver. It's trivia. I agree. It, like what, how is that relevant to the Eagles? It, like, it doesn't make sense. It's to me, not. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Okay. <laughs> so they did it. That so it means yeah. the Eagles can't do it. And it's not the same situation. Like the Eagles have multiple. It's like the lions didn't have multiple first round picks in any of those years. If I'm not mistaken, like the Eagles obviously have more ammo and like, who cares? Again, you look at the, the context of the roster. They need receiver help still. And they they very clearly tried to get it in Calvin Ridley and Robert Woods and Allen Robinson. And they couldn't because those guys didn't want to play here. Guess what? Jamin Wilson, D- Jamison Williams doesn't get a pick. Like if you take him, he's on the team. So I would add him. I think he would be a really nice player to add to this offense, to any offense, just because he's a vertical threat. And he's I think he's just more than that. He is an incredibly... Uh, explosive player i want jameson williams yeah i don't understand the logic of you know not taking the receiver again because so what you just you live with the gaping hole that you have at wide receiver for for eternity what do they have what do they have what's 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 the appropriate amount of time that they have to wait until they can take another receiver in the first round (laughs) like give me like is it is it a year is it two years is it three like what's what's and why give me give me the reason why you have to wait a year or two or whatever uh, to draft another receiver in the first round. I don't get it at all. Uh, it's still, uh, you know, I mean, they have t- two and a half playable receivers right now. 
in, you know, uh, in Devontae Smith, of course, Quez Watkins, and uh, they added Zach Pascal, I guess. But um, I mean, beyond those guys, you can't, you're, not, you're not comfortable playing any one of the other players on the roster right now. So, what if Devontae Smith it, gets hurt? You know, like, it, right? They got nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly a position that they can use, uh, you know, fortification. And Jamison Williams is awesome. Like, I think he, there's a chance he goes top 10 agree like i know i know that like the falcons have um you know they they've it's been common to see like drake london going there or garrett wilson going there that's a team that is going to be terrible in 2022 and they already sort of admitted that they're taking a step back by trading matt ryan so what do they care if jameson williams misses the first four five six whatever however many games it is of the 2020 they don't they don't care so that's a guy that's a guy that i think it could possibly sneak into the top 10 but certainly if he were to drop the 15 uh yeah i mean the eagles have to strongly consider just taking him right there and i just want to clarify i didn't set this up i use the the draft networks uh, okay. mock draft simulator so this isn't just me you know me like making picks based on what mm-hmm. i want like I, I ran through a simulation um to to force you know like somewhat realistic picks and not just like i'm gonna take this guy here because <laughs> i want to um so yeah just a little context there. What about you? Who do you have the Eagles so, taking? I took Jordan Davis, uh, of course, defensive tackle from Georgia. I thought you were going to have him as your first pick because I know how much you like him. He wasn't on um, the board for me, Jimmy. Oh, okay. Uh, as we have said on the podcast many times, he is you know, literally the most athletic defensive lineman uh, in in like you know in, in terms of how long, however long they've been sort of um, you know tabulating um, athletic scores. Uh, he's like the most athletic defensive lineman ever. The second most athletic player period, uh, <laughs> since they've been tabulating that stuff. Only guy, uh, with a, a better athletic score is, uh, was Calvin Johnson, uh, who, uh, is a nice segue by the way, from that, you know, three consecutive first round picks. Now, he wasn't one, by the way, Calvin Johnson wasn't one of those three consecutive first round picks, uh, wide receivers that the Lions made a couple decades ago, but he, like there was a gap in between close, so they took right? three, three receivers and then there was a year they didn't take one. And then the year after that, you know, they took him third overall. Should they not have taken Calvin, Calvin Johnson? Yes. Because they had taken three receivers yes, previously. Should, the Eagles should not take one this year and then take one next year. And then that guy will be like <laughs> Calvin Johnson. I think that's how right. the logic works. So uh, Jordan Davis, 6'6", uh, 341, and he runs a 478 somehow, which is just mind-blowing that a guy can move that fast for for how big he is. I know there are concerns with the number of snaps that he played uh, at Georgia. I think he'll play more snaps uh, for whatever team drafts him. Because you look at that Georgia defensive line, that is as stacked a uh, defensive line as you're going to find in college football. And you have guys that like, you're going to have like three, well, I guess what, you're going to have three guys potentially that go top 15 from that defensive line and Davis. Maybe Spontane the number Wyatt, one overall pick too. And uh, the potential number, number one overall pick in, um, oh my God, I can't Trayvon believe his Walker. name is Trayvon Walker. Um, and you have other guys that are going to be first round picks next year. You have guys that were like sliding from, you know, uh, at, from, from the edge uh, to rush inside on uh, obvious passing downs. And, you know, he sort of selflessly came off the field in those situations. Um, so I think he's going to play more in, uh, in the NFL than he did uh, at, at Georgia, just because they're so stacked. Like it was one of the best defenses in college football history. So, you know, he gets the, you put him in the, you, you pop him down the middle of the Eagles defensive line. And, uh, his floor is that he's going to be a really, really good run stopper out of the box. And I think he's going to be more than that, more than just, um, you know, a, a, you know, a big body in the middle of the defensive line in terms of the, uh, the, the passing game, because he's going to demand double teams and he's going to give, you know, one-on-one matchups uh, across the board. 
uh, for his defensive line teammates. And I think with his just pure athleticism, you're going to get something out of him as, as a pass rusher. Like there's no way that that guy with his athletic profile is just going to be, you know, a, a guy that just occupies a blocker in the passing game. It's just not going to happen. Like he's going to need some refinement in terms of ad, adding pass rush moves and, and things of that nature. But uh, ultimately I think he will become a better pass rusher and, you know, he might not put up huge sack numbers, but when you have a, a chance to to draft a guy that's just unlike any other human being on earth, maybe you just don't overthink it and you take him. I think that's what it comes down to. Don't overthink it. This is the one of the most athletic players ever who right. won an award, <laughs> one of the humans ever, who won an award for being the best defender in college football last year on the mm. national championship team. Like, right. that checks a lot of boxes. Like, there's a lot there. Uh, some things I haven't mentioned about him before, because we've already talked about Jordan Davis on this podcast, is that uh, we interviewed Nicobe Dean for the ESPN Nation NFL show, and he was asked about, like, you know, who like who, who were some of the most, like, who's the funniest guy on the team? Like, who has a lot of personality? Mm-hmm. And Jordan Davis was his answer. And I like that, because I think there's something yeah. to that, too. I think, like, he likes football. He's out there. He's having fun. I think he can kind of be, like, a rare, not only, you know, as a talent, but also, like, you know, a good, like, personality to have for the team that just kind of lends to me as like someone who's like this building block um not always you know the most personable guys don't aren't always necessarily the best talents and players mm-hmm. but i think there's something working there um that i feel good about uh defensive tackle kind of a sneaky need in the sense that fletcher cox is going to be a free agent after the season shouldn't have been back this year probably <laughs> right. really shouldn't be back next year and then javon hargrave is also going to be a free agent and then beyond that, it's like nothing besides Milton Williams. Sure, he didn't, he showed promise. And on the snap count thing, I mean, like the Eagles rotate their defensive tackles like, right. pretty heavily. Fletcher Cox led all Eagles defensive tackles in snaps played last year at sixty six percent. So it's not like you're like, oh, Jordan Davis only played fifty percent or whatever. Like you're not asking him to play ninety all of a sudden in the NFL. Like that's just not how it's going to work here. So that doesn't really concern me. Uh, I think it's it's about finding a needle mover and i just don't like so peter king in his mock draft he actually had the eagles taking jordan davis at number 15 which is i think worth noting that doesn't necessarily mean it'll happen but certainly something you kind of look at and he he said he was between jordan davis and trent mcduffie and i'm like it's just not it's not even (laughs) right there's no there's no i mean there's no debate there it's like hmm, we could take a, a nice cornerback who like doesn't even have great ball production i'm not even trying to hate on trent mcduffie but it's like this this could be like any cornerback prospect. Like there's no what's distinguishing Trent McDuffie from like a billion other cornerback prospects right. that have ever gone in the first round in recent years versus Jordan Davis, who could be like this very special player. And maybe he doesn't work out, but like or is everyone really gonna be killing Howie in the Eagles for it in the future when right now we're all saying like, Hey, this is a guy worth taking a chance on. Maybe it doesn't work out, but it seems like it's a good bet to make. And obviously people will be criticizing the Eagles if it doesn't work out. But from a process standpoint, I think you're making an interesting gamble there that, uh, I it's, it's worth a shot. So yes, shoot your shot, right. You shoot, shoot your shot on them. And, uh, that sounded terrible. Why? why? Uh, was that? No, no, no. I said, no forget it. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think the team that you have to worry about him getting past, I think he's going to be there actually, but the team that you got to worry know. about him getting past is is Baltimore at, yeah. at 14. They would absolutely uh, take a, him. Is a prime candidate for, for, you know, for him to go there. But I, I actually do uh, see plenty of opportunity for him to fall to the Eagles at 15. All right. So who's your uh, Well, I will second- say, Jimmy, yeah. if the Eagles do get, 
Jamison Williams and Jordan Davis, I mean, I think I might just give Howie like an A plus, no matter what. Almost <laughs> relatively speaking, no yeah. matter what happens else in the like, that's those are the two guys I want the most. I think those are like needle moving players for this franchise. I think that would be like a huge deal. That'd be a huge win. Like Devonte Smith was for that for me last year, and Howie listened to me for once, and he <laughs> took him. Uh, so I hope he does this again. Uh, if he gets the chance to. So did you have Devonte as your uh, final number one pick last year? I think so. I'm pretty sure because I wanted it to happen. So I think I willed it into existence. I had him in there. I didn't have any others right though. It's just him. Um, I forget who else I had. I didn't. I looked back at it really quick. I was trying to remember if last year was the year I threw a fake player into our box draft to see if anyone would notice. <laughs> Shout out to Lee and Richmond from uh, the Colorado School of Mines. That was in 2020 though. Okay. Uh, I don't have that again this year, or maybe I do, and I'm not going to tell you. But 18, again, I would prefer that he goes to trade down from the spot. And thinking about it more, like, so Adam Schefter put out a tweet this morning on Monday about how, like, teams kind of in that back half have been looking to trade back, but they haven't really been finding teams that want to move up so much. Right. Which, whatever, I don't really put a ton of stock into There's a lot of smoke and, and stuff. But looking at where the Eagles are at number 18, I think there's a case to be made there. They are an attractive trade up spot, especially depending how the quarterbacks play out, because let's say like none have come off the board at that right. point. Cause I think Peter King didn't have one coming off. It's, until, it's very possible in my opinion yeah, until 20 at Pittsburgh. And if you're Pittsburgh yeah. and you want to make sure that you don't get sniped at number 19, someone moves up to that saints pick there yeah. right ahead of you, then trade up to the Eagles pick. Or if the saints spots. just take them. Or the Saints, yeah, or the Saints take him. So if you're Pittsburgh and it's just two spots, you're not going to have to give up an arm and a leg. That's a very reasonable move up to get to 18, and for the Eagles to move back a couple spots because I think they could be in a range there where you don't really feel especially amazing about anyone. It's all just kind of similar bucket of talent at that point. Um, I think that is a, a scenario that exists. So I don't think it's insane that they could trade back a little bit. Uh, Peter King had the Eagles trading back with the Packers to 22. I think he had him picking up like a third round pick in that deal. Okay. Uh, but let's yeah, say they, they have stay- two ones. You have the you have the Chiefs sitting there at twenty nine and thirty. Yes, uh, uh, and then you have the Lions at thirty two and thirty four. So mm-hmm. Chiefs Chiefs could really use a receiver, of course. And yes, uh, so could the, so could the Packers and uh, the Lions would be you know a quarterback uh, you know potential. I would say too in a trade down. I am certainly receptive to getting another pick in twenty twenty. Two mm-hmm. or wait, sure. sorry, that's this year, twenty twenty three. Yeah, and I'm not talking about a first round pick. I mean, that would be great. I don't think that's realistic. But even getting a second or a third next year, I think helps in terms of like potentially needing to pivot ammo, yeah. to a quarterback. Yeah, like that is that is to me that's almost like another thing to check off for the Eagles in this draft. Like they have to get another twenty twenty three pick or or twenty twenty four pick, whatever. They have to get another future pick. I think. Um, they did well last year, as you pointed out on Twitter recently, yeah. when they, they they picked up a fifth this year. <laughs> the, the Washington trade, I, or, I, I'd forgotten about it. Yeah, it, it was so a fourth, they right? Tra- they tra- now it was a, uh, it was a they traded a a a six round comp pick. So the end of the sixth round, uh, I think it was two twenty five, uh, and they also traded two forty uh, to to Washington, which was in the seventh round, and they in return they got a fifth round pick, which is like one. 50 something i think so they they basically they, they traded a two they traded 225 and 240 last year for yeah. 150 something this year and by the way like last year was considered to be an atrocious draft at the end of the draft because so many guys came back to school mm-hmm. because their season was wrecked as a result of covid and now this year 
like the opposite is true. So it's a really deep draft this year where there's a lot more good players in rounds four, five, six, et cetera. There's going to be better undrafted free agents this year than there were last year because a lot of the guys that decided to stay in school an extra year, they're now coming out this year instead. Um, so yeah, the, like that's a that's an absolute steal yeah. trading uh, uh, a late six and a seven in a super shallow draft for uh, it's actually an early fifth round pick uh, in in a very deep draft. So if the Eagles can do something like that at some point where they can yeah. trade, you know, around for around earlier the next year, absolutely no brainer to me, um, especially where they are. I think in their competitive state. But at number 18, <laughs> let me finally get to the pick. I have George Karlaftis. Uh, he okay. was on the board at that point. I think Karlaftis is seen as kind of like, you know, a safer guy because he's not like this ex- totally twitchy, explosive edge rusher, more in like a Brandon Graham, you know, more power than speed kind of mold. Um, but he only turned 21 earlier this month. So, like, I think there, you know, there's still some upside here. And like Brandon Graham, uh, he did play some on the inside somewhat. Dane Brugler, I was reading, you know, his uh, guide on uh, the beast at the athletic. And he mentioned how uh, Carl Aptis played some three tech at Purdue. So mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, I think it's kind of, if you look at Jamison Williams as more of like a kind of a risky pick because of the injury and everything and the one year production, I think Carl Aptis is a little bit more of like a safer pick. So that kind of seems like a nice pairing in my mind. It's like, we're, so we're going to really swing for the fences on this one guy. And I would like to swing at both spots, ideally, again, with Davis and Jamison. But assuming Davis wasn't there, like he wasn't for me, then I kind of like going with Karlaftis because you need edge help. You know, Derek Barnett presumably not going to be back. Brandon Graham might not be back. Um, so I think getting another edge rusher in there, and specifically, too, not someone like Hassan Reddick, who's more of a stand-up guy, but someone more of like a you know traditional edge rusher, uh, 4-3 defensive end, I think he makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he had a really good freshman year. I think he had seven sacks at Purdue. Uh, again, 2020 was sort of wrecked by COVID. I want to say he only played in two games that year and two, he had two sacks, um, came into this season with a lot of hype behind him and, uh, was disappointing statistically. I think he had like four and a half sacks or five sacks or something like that in 12 games. Uh, very polarizing player. Some people really like him. Others, not at all. Like there are some people that really don't like him, uh, at all as a first round prospect. Um, I do like him. I think he's uh he's got you know more athleticism than um you know uh, than we, uh, the perception of the sort of the profile of player that he is like th- that he's big and strong and whatever. I think people were ready for him to fail at the combine, but he actually had a pretty decent combine. Like it wasn't great. Like he didn't like he didn't wow anyone really, but, uh, but he, but he put up decent enough uh, athleticism numbers uh, at the combine. And again, he's big. Um, the, the stat that I hate generally speaking is pressures because we already have a stat for pressures. It's QB hits. Uh, but if you do like pre- the pressure stat, he apparently had like 34 of them or something like that, according to pro football focus. Uh, He's like Brandon so Graham. He's, he was <laughs> generating pressure, I guess, pressure. <laughs> but uh, it's a very subjective stat. I don't love it. But uh, if you do like that stat, then he had 34 pressures, which is a huge number uh, in 12 games. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's some uh, – I think at 18, it's the value is totally fine. for. I wouldn't mm-hmm. take him at 15. I don't know if it's only three picks. Like, what's the difference? But uh, I think there are going to be better players available at 15. You can make an argument for him at 18. 
yeah, I didn't like love my options at 18. Again, I would have liked mm-hmm. to trade back in a perfect world, but I was like, I feel good about this player's kind of floor. And I think, again, there is still some upside and it's a big, it's a premium position. So it all kind of just, you know, came sure. together as a nice consolation prize since I couldn't get Jordan Davis. Uh, who do you have? So I went uh, receiver and I went Traylon Burks, mm. who is, of course, the 6'2", 225 pound. Uh, mostly played out of the slot, but he played, he can play inside, he can play outside, you know, does some stuff out of the backfield. The easy comps for him, like he's in the same mold as like an A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, guys that, um, you know, catch a lot of passes within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and then get a lot of yards after the catch. That's sort of what he is. He also is a deep threat, can run go routes, he can separate on go routes, he can, uh, you know, win contested catches on fade routes. Uh, Ran a really disappointing 4.5540. Uh, at the combine, which turned a lot of people off, but you watch him play and he's dusting corners in the SEC, like pretty consistently. And there's this, there's a thing that I saw, uh, which I put in my mock draft was, um, his miles per hour on, I think it was a 90 yard catch and run touchdown reception. He hit 22.8, something like that miles per hour. And if you look at like the guys that put up uh, the, the highest miles per hour numbers in the NFL last season, that would have been number one. So like he wow. he had the fastest miles an hour miles per hour uh, mark. Uh, you know he had a faster miles per hour mark than any other player in the NFL had last year. He had another fast miles per hour time on a play where he accelerated and uh, and caught a deep ball over his shoulder. Um, so I don't buy that he's slow like that's ridiculous to me if you just watch him play and you can see like this this player can run like he's he, he is fast it's just he had a bad time uh, a 5.5 or 4.55 so uh the one thing i would say is that his three cone stunk it was like a 728 or something like that which was like ninth percentile uh so that's a little concerning he doesn't have a lot of wiggle it's a lot like it's not the, like that short area quickness he's he's not great in that area but he's got great hands a lot of people have compared him to like Jalen Rager, that's nonsense to me because, uh, like he had pre actually had production at Arkansas. He was the best player by far on their offense and was the focus of opposing defenses. And he still produced. Um, Jalen Rager did not. Like a lot of people wanted to blame his quarterback for his lack of production. Neil, you don't have any, you don't have to make excuses for uh, a guy like Traylon Burks. Uh, he can actually catch the football, whereas you know Rager had a lot of drop issues coming out of uh, TCU. Burks can catch the football. There are no question marks about him there. And uh, just in terms of his run after the catch style, like it's a lot different. Like Rager oftentimes would, you know, run out of bounds. Burks doesn't do that. Like he's going to fight through contact and he's going to break tackles. And uh, he's a guy that I just think is, uh, is, you know, a legit, like Rager I had as like my 11, like ninth, 10th, 11th best receiver that year. Burks is probably like three or four for me this year. But uh, yeah, he's a, he's a player that I think also just fits in perfectly with this uh, Eagles wide receiving corps, where you know you have the speed corpse. guys in corpse in uh, 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 Quez Watkins on the outside. You have Devontae Smith who can run and get open, and he's the great route runner and such. Uh, Burks is going to have to improve his route running in the NFL, but uh, out of the out of gate, he's probably your slot receiver. He's going to make a lot of you know he's going to give uh, Jalen Hurts a lot of easy throws to make. Uh, close to the line of scrimmage, and then he's going to make plays once he has the ball in his hand. So, uh, and he's he's sort of that big body that they're and like. I don't, I'm not for 
drafting a big body guy for the sake of doing it because you don't have it. Mm-hmm. But I think he's a he's a totally um, worthy selection at 18. And he does, you know, in fact, give you that big body that, that you're missing. He is the number one receiver on Johnny Page's rankings. Wide is receiver he? Okay. for Bleeding Green Nation, which you can check out on the site. Um, I forget where Ben has him. Ben has him a little bit lower. I think Ben has Olave, if I'm not mistaken, number one. Um, so Fine with that, too. I Yeah, I am really all in on Jamison Williams. Every other receiver, like, they're kind of in a similar bucket to me. And I'm intrigued by Burks, but like I'm not necessarily all in on him. I think there there's some interesting things there, uh, upside potential, whatever to work with. But I don't. I'm not just like it's not slam dunk for me. Whereas more so Williams is. So um, they don't have to pick a wide receiver. Like, I don't think they have to force it. It's not about that to me. I just happen to think that the value is going to line up um, mm-hmm. at, with the need there that it just makes sense to do. And I, I would be fine with Burks at 18. I'm not like over the moon about it, but I'm like, okay, I'll get, I'm kind of like wait and see. I'll give it a shot. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at on him. Yeah, there are five of them. <laughs> like there are five. You know, the 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 consensus is that there are five receivers that are going to go probably top 20 to 25. Uh, so the odds that you know a really good one is going to be sitting there when the Eagles are picking either at 15 or 18 are both extremely high. All right, so that was the first round, Jimmy, and we're almost half an hour into the pod. <laughs> That's take, okay. We knew that was going to happen. We'll take a break here, and obviously we'll move through some of our day two and day three picks a yeah. little bit quicker than the first round because, you know, that's what most people care about, and those are the highest impact, or at least in likelihood. So we'll take a break here, but before we do, Jimmy, why don't I tell you really quickly about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. If you want to help Support BGN Radio. Want to keep the lights on on the podcast, or otherwise we're going to have to do it in the dark, and that's that's a dangerous game. You don't want to podcast in the dark. You don't want to get dressed in the dark. Um, yeah. So go to righteousfelon.com. Use discount code BGN fifteen for fifteen percent off your order. Jimmy, I am not kidding you when I tell you that on Easter uh, a couple weeks ago, I went disc golfing at uh, Tyler Park in Bucks okay. County um and disc golfing you mean like frothing frothing? yeah okay either way uh and my friend charlie had a bag of righteous felon craft jerky and he didn't even know about it from the podcast because he doesn't really listen to he's not like the biggest uh like traditional sports guy he's more into you know kind of like the alternative sports if you will um but he had some and i was like hey you know where you can get more of that and i told him about it and he seemed excited about it, or at least in my mind he was. So if you want to be like Charlie and get some more Righteous Felon, or or not just more, but try it for the first time, RighteousFelon.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Again, I will say that the same discount code BGN15 works at WildNaturePet.com for the best dang dog treats you can get. So more than one way to save there and help support the podcast, and we appreciate it. And Jimmy? Back after this vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in you can book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. 
so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio, we're moving into day two of our mock drafts, respectively. I will start us off with the number one, not the number one, the number 51 overall pick. I have Chad Mumma. Mumma? I think it's Mumma. 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 Uh, Moom is better anyway because it is if better. he makes a play, then all the fans will go, Moom. Yeah, good so point. Go. Great point by you. I'm going to add that into the Make list. Make sure you write that into your, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to add that. Actually, I'm going to add that. Uh, I'm just going to write <laughs> Moo here and hopefully remember why I wrote that later. Um, got a lot of added O's to make sure I remember that. Okay. So very athletic prospect with above average size. He's listed just under 6'3", 240. And you look at his spider graph. Uh, very good stuff there. I believe he was high in the bench press, a strong player. He had three interceptions, two touchdowns. As a senior, he had two passes defense and one forced fumble before his senior season. So not like crazy ball production, but some. Uh, Dane Brugler in his athletic and the athletic uh, beast guide wrote that he was, quote, high energy tackling machine with excellent play speed. I think linebacker has <laughs> perpetually been a need for the Eagles for a long yeah, time. Sure. And then just looking forward, like TJ Edwards is going to be an unstricted free agent after this season, and he'll be turning 27 uh, next year. So not the youngest player. And then Kaiser White's on a one-year deal. So why not add a linebacker here? I I just don't buy the Eagles drafting Devin Lloyd, who, again, Ben Solak said is the most overrated prospect, he believes, in the first round, um, <clears throat> or to Kobe Dean until I see it happen in the first round. I think day two, there might be a more correct blend of talent slash valuation from the Eagles end. So I have Muma at number 51. Yeah, there's a cluster of uh, linebackers in this draft that are probably going to go in rounds uh, two and three. And Muma is one of them. You actually look back two years ago in the draft where the Eagles took Davion Taylor in the third round. There was a nice cluster of 
you know, second and third round type of guys that uh, went in that draft. I think, if I recall correctly, like Logan. But one Wilson? of them was uh, one of them was Logan Wilson, who who played at Wyoming, <laughs> and like, where did he go? Like uh, the end of the second round, I think, uh, to the Bengals, something like that. And uh, he went a little earlier than I was anticipating, but he was a guy that I I thought would have been you know a really good pick for the Eagles in the third round. Didn't make it there, I don't think. It certainly didn't make it to their pick at the end of the third round. Uh, but uh, Moom is considered a better prospect than Wilson was uh, when he came out. So we'll see if he can sort of match, uh, you know, his pr- productivity with the Bengals over the last couple of years. But that cluster of second round linebackers would include guys like Quay Walker from Georgia. Nicobe Dean could very well slide into the second round uh, from Georgia. There's been sort of some buzz on that. Christian Harris, Alabama, uh, Leo uh, Chanel of uh, Wisconsin, Troy Anderson from Montana State, Channing Tindall from from Georgia, uh, Brian Asamoah from uh, Oklahoma. These are all guys that are going to be sort of in that second, third round uh, conversation. And uh, yeah, Muma makes a lot of sense, I, I think. Uh, and he'll probably be a guy that is still there at 51. So if the Eagles did want to go that route, uh, he is more athletic than uh, any of the linebackers they currently have, in my opinion. Uh, certainly an upgrade on TJ Edwards uh in 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 on that front um to be determined if he can be he can match you know what tj edwards brings to the table on like you know instincts and smarts like like if you can combine tj edwards and davion taylor you'd have one hell of a linebacker but uh unfortunately they kind of have their different traits and the eagles don't have a three down linebacker right now that we that that we can be you know certain about so he could be maybe be that guy but yeah, I think the linebacker in uh, in rounds two and three are a very strong possibility. Who do you have at number fifty one? So I have at number fifty one nobody because I traded up. Wow! With the Jets to pick number thirty nine, and my trade uh, I give up uh, the the second of the Eagles' third round picks, which is pick number one hundred one to be able to move up, and then I also gave myself back uh, an extra fifth round pick. Uh, okay. To sort of even out the math on the uh, draft value chart, uh, and I took David Ojabo, uh, mm. uh, edge rusher from Michigan. Who, of course, if uh, you read a lot of early mock drafts, he was probably the player most commonly linked to the Eagles. Would you say that? Certainly, he was. Yeah, a, a, a player that was very commonly linked uh, to the Eagles at a minimum. And uh, reason why is pretty obvious. Like he's an edge rusher, and the Eagles' biggest need at the time and probably still is the quarterback conversation aside is edge rusher. And um, when he got hurt, so if, in case you're unfamiliar with what happened to him, he tore his Achilles at his pro day, similarly to Sidney Jones, who tore his Achilles at his pro day, you know, half decade ago or so. Um, so after he tore his Achilles, that was around the time when the Eagles decided to bring back Derek Barnett. And, you know, I'd always sort of hypothesized that, they brought Barnett back because they couldn't be certain that one of these edge rushers would fall to them uh, at 15. And they wanted to make sure they at least had something uh, playable uh, 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 at edge rusher. Cause really all they had was uh, Brandon Graham, Josh sweat. Um, and you know, not, I mean really nothing else. So they bring back Derek Barnett, uh, I think because they just wanted to not have to feel like they had to reach for uh, an edge rusher. I think they did like J- David Ojabo before he got hurt. And uh, in this scenario, I have them getting him uh, a player that was, you know, I think widely considered 
uh, you know, borderline top 15, top 16 type of player. Uh, they get him at 39. Of course, there's the risk now with, with him tearing his Achilles. He is a guy that's probably going to miss uh, a substantial uh, chunk of his rookie season uh, because I think it, uh, Achilles is probably a little bit of a worse injury than, than in, you know, your garden variety ACL tear. Um, but uh, ultimately in the draft, I think you're looking for guys that can be uh, impact players long-term. And he's a guy that only really had one, you know, really successful season uh, in college. And it's because he's, you know, he, he, he's from overseas and he, it, he had a ton of forced fumbles in, uh, in 2021. I think he had five or six of them or something like that. But uh, he's a guy that made a lot of plays for Michigan uh, opposite Aiden Hutchinson. He's got this, he, like, I think he solidified his first round draft status uh, at the combine when he had a really good workout. Um, of course, that changed when he got injured. But uh, that's a player that I think is is uh, a value at 39. The Eagles took that swing on Sidney Jones back in the day. That did not work out. They took the swing on Landon Diggerson last year. So far, that has worked out. So uh, this will be sort of the tiebreaker on uh, on that on that strategy slash philosophy. I would say it's different though. You know, like again, Diggerson got hurt in December, and one thing that kind of actually made me go, "Huh, that was an interesting I did, thing I didn't think about from Howie's press conference last week," which otherwise really wasn't informative which is fine you know doing yeah. pre-draft media availability you're not giving away the answers to the test as he likes to say but just having the time to actually kind of evaluate that injury more and you know again dickerson's at, happened in december where and was an acl as opposed to Ujabos, which happened in march is an achilles i don't love taking the risk there i don't love trading up i'm thinking about it more at 51 but even then i just don't know that that is really like the best profile on the board not just best talent like yeah if you maybe you measure pure upside maybe but in terms of like likeliness in just factoring everything in i don't know that that is the best profile and i don't and i don't and especially trading up for it so terrible pick by you jimmy is what i'm saying <laughs> i don't i don't love it did you like him at 15 before he got hurt i did okay that's interesting but i just i don't love the but the it's significant though that is such a serious injury and it, it did really derail sydney jones and i just it makes me nervous i don't feel so um, i don't think the injury killed him long term i just don't think that he i don't know uh, though it might was it, was it was a dog for lack of a better way to put it you know what i mean like i don't know that he was like there's some of that but but I think an injury like this may, might change how a player plays, though. That's the thing. Is that kind of significant injury, you know, maybe they're more timid when they come back. I don't know. I don't love it. Um, you did it. It's fine. I will say that Peter <laughs> King had Ojabo going off the board to the Buccaneers, at number 27. In round one? Wow. Yeah. Okay. And he added, I don't know that he'll get picked in the first, but I do know four teams are intently interested in him. So Okay. I don't think he's lasting until like the third. And I don't even know if he'll last to 51. Oh, no. He's, there's no way he's going to last to the third round. Well, yeah. So we'll see. I don't, I don't I'd love be it. stunned if he made it to the Eagles at 51. I think there stunned. will be better bets to make is what I'm trying to say than okay. that one. Um, all right. So why don't we move on to the third round then? All right. Number 83. And maybe this is unrealistic pick because coming off of the – uh, report by Tony Pauline that came out like late Sunday that he's hearing that uh, I already know who I already know who you're picking. The Ravens like <laughs> this guy a lot, and oh, maybe not. Okay, that he'll be gone at the very least by number fifty-one. He, he won't oh, get okay, any yeah. further than the Eagles pick at fifty-one. Yeah, is the way yeah, that yeah. Tony Pauline put it. Is Cam Jurgens mm -hmm. center from Nebraska? 
He is obviously compared to Jason Kelsey, just like every other and undersized offensive lineman <laughs> who can play center and is athletic. Yeah. Uh, he is undersized, but one thing I like about him, one thing I like about players, uh, like you can kind of, and I think a team's like to cite this is he's undersized, but he's long arms. He has 78th percentile arms. He has big hands too, 62nd percentile. And obviously he's athletic and fast. So I think that's a guy who, yes, he might be a little bit undersized, but he might be a little bit, uh, he can compensate for that in some ways. And obviously uh, we've seen Jason Kelsey do that. And you shouldn't bet on everyone being the next Jason Kelsey because it's a very special player. But feels like the Eagles will be potentially adding some interior offensive linemen at some point here with the idea that Jason Kelsey could be gone, you know, potentially as soon as next year. I also wanted to bring up, like, I think we – is Isaac Sumalo an underrated trade candidate? Because, like, I don't know that the Eagles are super stoked about his outlook as he's getting older and he's had some injury issues. And if you trade him after June 1st, you clear $5.65 million. Like, I just mm, think okay. – and maybe, like, hey, I don't know, like, how intimately the Jags need a guard, but you know, like a Doug Peterson connection there. Um, you know, does Jacksonville like would, would they trade for him? Trent Baalke does stupid stuff, so maybe he would give you something that you shouldn't for that. Um, yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, so I think if they were to take an offensive lineman, then that would be the like, high. That is, like, if they took him in round two, for example, I it would be because they don't believe in Isaac Samalo as you know, they're an answer as a starter anymore, and he has missed a lot of time, yeah. Um, so I, and it's reasonable and he's getting, you know, as you noted, he's getting up there and he, I mean, he's still not even 30 yet, uh, but you know, he's been in the league long enough where, uh, you know, it is, and he's not that good. Like he's a, he's an average starter season. Yeah. And he's only played in 12 games the past two years. Yeah. So he's an average starter. I like him. Like, I think he's totally fine in, on this offensive line that, you know, I, I think by the way, if he does return, he's your left guard and then they'll move Dickerson to, to right guard. Mm. Um, I don't think they'll move Sayamalo and keep Dickerson where he is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if there is a, a an argument to, to take an offensive lineman, it would be because you don't believe in Sayamalo anymore. So yeah, I can see that. But with Jurgens, so like I think Jurgens would be a terrible value in round two. <laughs> like even though I like him, like I think he's a fine value for another team, but he's only a center, so he's not going to play guard for you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have him sit for a year. Right. Like he's either going to either Jason Kelsey gets hurt. Or he sits for an entire year. Is that a good value for a second round pick? So like, no. So I can see Which maybe the argument. The third. <laughs> I can see a counter argument. Maybe I know I'm not. Yeah. I'm not bashing your pick. Yeah. I can see like you know a, a counter argument might be well they took Lander Dickerson in the second round. Yeah, okay, but he can play three positions, and he was like really likely to play his rookie year because somebody at some point was going to get hurt, mm-hmm. and sure enough, multiple people did. So yeah, like and he wound up starting however many games he did. Uh, but yeah, so like Dickerson is not the same argument as taking Jurgens in the, in the second round. Uh, again, because Jurgens doesn't have the same versatility uh, that Dickerson has in the third round. Sure. Fine. Get, yeah. Go ahead. If you think he's going to be, you know, the center of the future and he's going to, he's going to start for you for 10 years after Jason Kelsey retires, then yeah, by all means, go ahead and take that guy. But at 51, I think that's terrible use of resources. Who do you have it? Oh, well, you have this pick still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I have uh, Cam Taylor Britt. Wow, the, uh, we both took a player named Cam. Oh, that is interesting. Look at that, uh, <laughs> no, Cam Taylor Britt, <laughs> cornerback slash safety from Nebraska. I think he's going to be a cornerback in the NFL, uh, but he's got a versatility. Um, you love this guy. 
I love him. He's one of my favorite players in the draft. Like he, he, he played safety, you know, like four forced fumbles, three interceptions. Uh, the year that he primarily played there as a corner in 2021, 51 tackles, 11 pass breakups, just really physical, aggressive. He'll hit smart player. And I think he's a great fit for Jonathan Gannon's defense because he's really good in zone deep in, in zone coverage. Uh, but like what I, why I really like him is because he was almost just kind of an asshole at the senior ball. Like he was just decking guys and he's super competitive. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed watching him uh, at the, excuse my language, but I really enjoyed watching him uh, at the senior bowl and uh, at pick 83. I think he's a good value. All right. I'm going to go to cornerback with my next pick and kind of address. Also, by the way, sorry, sorry. One, one, one other quick thing. I think you brought like a four, three, nine, something like that. So uh, in addition to the competitiveness and all the things I mentioned, uh, he also has speed to run, to run with receivers down the field. I think it's interesting that we don't have first round corner. Uh, I know you had said that the Eagles probably would have taken Patrick Sertan or Mm -hmm. JC Horn. If the Eagles had those options available to them last year, instead they were off the board. They traded up for Devontae Smith. So maybe it's more likely than I think it is. I just tend to think that, the Eagles talking up Zach McPherson and all these young corners they have isn't just lip service. I think they do legitimately believe, I don't think it prohibits them from adding a corner. They really like if let's say maybe Derek Stingley falls, but I don't think again, they're like, we have to get Trent McDuffie because we don't have a cornerback too right now. I just don't think that's the mindset at all. At least shouldn't be. Um, You don't need to fill a hole that badly. I think at that spot too. So uh, I kind of have them waiting a little bit and getting a player who is another one of your favorites. And I think is honestly like everyone's favorite. How could you mm-hmm. not like Marcus Jones from Houston? Oh, sure. Who yeah. The Eagles had in for a pre-draft visit. Now he is very small at 5'8", 174. So certainly not the most, uh, you know, the best prototype from a size standpoint that you're betting on here. But you're talking about a player with great ball production, nine interceptions, 31 passes defensed, one forced fumble. He is an elite returner. He had 73 kickoffs for a 28.4 average, six touchdowns, and he had 63 punt returns for 14 average, which is really good, and three touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, he can play a little bit of offense too. He had 19 total touches for 146 yards, which is 7.7 average, which is good, and one touchdown. So... You remember how Nick Sirianni used Darius Slay as a little bit of a decoy last year? You could do some of that with the Marcus Jones, maybe actually get him the ball in some spots in addition to him figuring out something on defense. I think he has some you know, versatility. Obviously, you, you would think maybe more so on the inside just because of his size limitations, but I don't know. Um, I think you add him into the mix with all those other kind of, you know, Zach McPherson and everyone, and I think that's intriguing. And at the very least, I think you're you're getting a really good returner, like at the very, very least, and there's yes. some value in that because the Eagles haven't had a good returner in forever. Um, so to, to actually get a playmaker there, I think would be nice to get that little boost some special team. So maybe it's not the perfect fit in that you want someone who projects more as a starter on the outside. But at 101, I feel like you have to be uh, comfortable. I don't, I don't even think Marcus Jones, I don't know if he'll last to 101, but he did here and I took him. Yeah, Jalen Rager is a muff risk uh, back returning punts. And he shouldn't be on the team. <laughs> he should not be even in the conversation. <laughs> Greg Ward is a fair catch machine and... Uh, on kickoffs, you have there's like an invisible fishing line no wire at the 20 yard line that Boston Scott trips over on every return. So, I mean, he's a major upgrade uh, at kick returner and punt returner, as you said, at a minimum. The only thing that like um, would prevent me from taking him if I'm the Eagles is 
they just gave a big contract to Avante Maddox. Right. So how many like super uh, undersized players can you have uh, in your defensive backfield? Um, I don't know, but maybe the game is changing a little bit in that, you know, receivers are getting faster uh, and you need a lot of these guys that can stick with them. So like uh, I love the player. Uh, so I mean, sold, uh, I would, I would absolutely take him at one-on-one uh, just because he's, he's so fun and he's good. And the ball prediction, the ball production is outstanding. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's also a fun interview from what I understand too, but like good personality or whatever, but the nine return touchdowns, like, it's he's a game changer on special teams. I've seen him. Com- I think it was NFL.com's Lance Sirline who compared him to like Dante Hall. Like he's like that. Okay. You know, like obviously that's a very lofty comp as a as a returner. But yeah. like like if you're taking Dante, if that if he is Dante Hall, which again you can't just bet on that. But if you're getting even if he doesn't work out on defense, but you're getting like again a, a really really good returner, and obviously the returning game has changed since Dante Hall played. But I still think there's value here. Um, I'm intrigued by him. I would. Again, it might not be the perfect fit, but like you said, there's things to like about the profile, and it's just like, why not? Like, let's see what happens. Let's, you know, there's there's, ten, there's something to work with here. Um, so why not? You don't have a pick at 101. I don't have 101 anymore. Trade so it you away. Take, go do, do your fourth round pick. So at number 124, I'm sticking with an Eagles pre-draft visit uh, guy among the, I think we know about like 20 of those now, 19, 20. Um, and one of them is D'Angelo Malone. Oh, yeah. Big fan. He is older for a prospect, but, you know, we're talking about day three, right, at this point. So it's not the biggest deal. And uh, so, yeah, I don't – did I already say he's 23 years old? If I didn't – You said didn't. he's older. Okay, he's 23. Uh, he played five years <laughs> in college. So he really racked up some big-time stats in those five years. I'll read those off for you. 349 total tackles, 59 for loss, 32 and a half sacks, Eight force fumbles, seven pass deflections. He blocked two kicks, and he had an interception as well. And the Eagles seem to be kind of obsessed with finding this kind of stand-up rusher. Like a lot of the yeah. rush guys they're looking at kind of fit that mold. Obviously, they added Hassan Reddick to their ro- their roster. But in terms of looking for the future and having depth there as like an undersized edge rusher slash Sam linebacker, they're looking at those guys. And I think D'Angelo Malone, despite the fact that he's older, um, could be an intriguing piece to add to this roster. Yeah, so I look at like Patrick Johnson, who they took last year, mm-hmm. and uh, he was very productive at Tulane. This Malone was even more productive uh, at Western Kentucky, and he has better uh, athleticism metrics and uh, I believe better size as well. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that, that can probably play that Sam position uh, in the Eagles defense. And I was actually talking to Tommy, uh, Tommy before Lawler, the, for those before who don't the know. podcast. And uh, he made the point that, you know, if you having signed Hassan Reddick, um, okay, so you sign him, maybe you don't need a, another Sam linebacker. Well, he took sort of the opposite approach to that in that now that you have Hassan Reddick, that's going to be a big part of your defense mm-hmm. going forward at that Sam linebacker spot. So what happens if he gets hurt? Do you just change your defense around or do you have somebody that can fill in at that spot? And I think Malone is a guy that can that can, you know, do that. It can fill in and, and be a competent player and may, maybe a playmaker uh, immediately uh, in, in sort of that reserve Sam, Sam linebacker spot. Uh, simulacrum, if you will. Am I using that right? Pardon? Hopefully. Uh, Sam linebacker. Simulacrum. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like the, 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 like having some kind of fill in is the point. Like you're saying, yes. like having someone who can replicate, obviously won't be Hassan Reddick, but at least can yes. kind of be in that mold still. I use that right. Uh, shout out to Nick Weiger from Doughboys, who likes to use that word a lot. Uh, Jimmy, why don't you get to your next pick? Because you, you have one now. 
I went running back, uh, Florida running back, Damian Pierce. Uh, didn't get a lot of opportunities at Florida for reasons that are beyond me because he's awesome. <laughs> but over his four years in college, uh, only had almost kind of like Miles Sanders. He had uh, you know low mileage, only had 329 career carries. Uh, season high number of carries was 106. Uh, 2021, he had 16 total touchdowns, so he's got a nose for the end zone. But he's sort of the guy that I think uh, replaces uh, Jordan Howard. He's mm. he's only 5'10", but he weighs 218 pounds. So he's got that low center of gravity, good balance, uh, good lateral agility, can break tackles. Also, you know, has a little bit of skill as a receiver. Uh, again, he didn't play a lot uh, because they played they played a you know heavy rotation of running backs of Florida. But he caught 19 passes for 216 yards and uh, three touchdowns for Florida last year. Again, in limited usage. Uh, but he's a guy that I think uh, he's sitting there in round four. Uh, a lot of people sort of have him as, you know, one of the top, like, I think I've seen people have him as like one of the top three running backs in this class. I don't, I wouldn't have him that high necessarily, but uh, I think he would be great value in, in, in the fourth round. And I know he's a, he's a player that a lot of people really like. Why don't we take a break here, Jimmy? Because yep. I have a pick that kind of is along those lines, a little tease for you. But before we go to break, why don't you tell me about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. 856-906-9295 is her phone number if you're looking to buy or sell your or rent. home. Please call her because if you don't, you're an idiot because God <laughs> rated her as the best realtor in the history of the universe. I'm just kidding. You're not an idiot if you don't use them, use her, but you should. Uh, again, 856-906-9295. Brandon. Back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. 856-906-9295. 9-5. 9-5. Back here on BGN Radio, Bleeding Green Nation Radio, in case you forgot. Nice little friendly reminder. Jimmy, you picked a running back who you profiled as a potential Jordan Howard replacement with your last pick at number 154. Well, hold on. I got a pick. I have one fifty. I have 146 oh. that I got from the Jets. Okay. You cheater. Yeah. Get and to then it. You can go. <laughs> I gave myself a fifth round pick back in that trade. And I'm taking Matt Ariza. Wow. Punter. San Diego State. I look at where the Seahawks took Michael Dixon a few years ago, uh, the punter from Texas, I think he went to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was 140-something. The Aaron uh, Donald of punters, they called him at the time. <laughs> yes. Well, this guy is the new uh, punt god prospect. He hits 80 yarders. Like, it's crazy how strong his leg is. I don't know that he has, um, you know, refined uh, sort of like coffin corner skills. You know, hang them up and and produce uh, you know fair catches inside the ten type of skills. But if you're looking for a guy that can improve on uh, you know the Eagles' lack of being able to you know actually punt the ball down the field <laughs> like a year ago, like uh, I can't believe I can't believe I'm forgetting the Eagles punter's name. Aaron it's crazy. Sipos. Aaron Sipos and his Ugh. shanks at the end of the year underrated. Was like it? obviously wasn't by any means the biggest <laughs> reason why the team 
you know, got blown out in the playoffs, but certainly like really bad. And in the Cowboys game too. He was terrible in the Cowboys game, but it didn't matter because right. they played all their practice squad guys. But he was like, honestly really bad once it got cold. I looked back at the weather, yeah. I looked at his splits, and once the cold weather started, and obviously any punter is going to fall off a little bit as it gets colder, but he like really dropped. Yeah, so it was a concern. I remember heading into I think we even maybe mentioned that. I think you mentioned it actually on the podcast yeah. leading into that <laughs> the Eagles, Bucks uh, Buccaneers playoff game. And he he shanked a, he shanked at least one punt in that game. I think there might have been two. I think no, he shanked two punts. One of them they scored on the ensuing possession. Mm-hmm. The other they they didn't. So they only they only really got hurt by one shank, but he had two really bad punts and I don't think you can bring him back. Uh so you got to find a punter somewhere along the line. This is maybe a little bit rich early in the fifth round. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, it'll at least make punts interesting again. <laughs> like, it's, he is, uh, he like, he his leg is, like, bionic. He was hitting 80 yarders in the, I don't mean 80 yards in the air, like, from where he kicked it. I mean, from the line of scrimmage. Right. So, basically, he's punting, like, 90, 90 plus yard punts. It's crazy, This like, the guy, the way that this guy can launch punts. So, um, he's going to go high. Like, I think there's actually an outside chance. That somebody takes him in on day two. Sure. And late third. Whatever dumbass does that should just be fired. But if he's still sitting there in the fifth round, and in my case, I have four fifth round picks after making that trade with the Jets, sure, why not? Go ahead, take him. I believe he also has kicking experience, right? Like he, he Yes. Not... He was their kicker too. He won't be in the pros. But just to have that, you know, as a backup. But he's got the ability to hit like really long ones. Yeah. He was three for three on fifty plus. Uh, as a as a place kicker for San Diego State this past season, but let's say like you're at the end of the half or something, mm-hmm. and you need like a, a you have a chance to maybe kick a 68 yarder, like he can go in and maybe make that. Whereas Jake Elliott probably is not. Or if Jake Elliott, God forbid, gets hurt, you know, not not all yeah. punters have that sure field goal kicking you know experience in their background, and also I guess kickoffs too. You could potentially do some kickoffs and yeah, take Jake off of there. So so yeah, I think there's additional value there. Um, Look at us trying to improve the Eagles special teams, the elite returner <laughs> and a, and a punter. I mean, punter. they need it. Like they could afford to upgrade. It's been forever since the Eagles special teams were actually like really good or like some kind of it gave him like an edge. So that'd be nice to see. At number 154, going back to the running back of it all, I went with a guy who was a little bit bigger, actually very bigger in terms of uh, the percentiles at uh, on mock draftable. 6'2", 228 pounds. 94 percentile in the bench press with 27 reps. He's a hard runner who can fill the Jordan Howard role. Can I guess the name? Who is it? Brian Robinson. No. No? Jordan Howard is 6 foot 222 pounds, by the way. So this guy's even bigger than Jordan Howard. He had 20 touchdowns for Michigan last year. I'm taking Hassan Hassan. Haskins here uh, at number 154 overall. Maybe the Eagles don't do this because they can probably just find someone in undrafted uh, restricted free wait, wait UDFA undrafted free agency. I don't know why I said restricted, but um, yeah, uh, I have him here because I figured he was the best player on the board. The Eagles are probably still going to run the ball a lot. I feel like in 20, maybe not as much in 2022 as they did in 2021, but still probably a decent amount. So I think it's worth making investment. And, and Jordan Howard, we saw like Ken, not him specifically. Like, I don't think the Eagles should resign him, but someone in that hard running role, like can have yeah. some pretty nice value for this team. So I think it's a reasonable uh, pick to make on day three. So we kind of took a same, you know, th- we're looking at the same mold, which is really right. what it's about. It's really not about the player to me as much as that kind of mold of player. 
Yeah, Haskins isn't going to hit any home runs for you, but he's going to he's going to get what's there. He's going to get the he's going he's going to get all the meat on the Fall bone forward. like Jordan Howard did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he's not you know he's not a, like a risk like I mean everyone's a risk to get hurt, but not in the same way that Jordan Howard has been unable to stay on the field for the Eagles. Well, also too like if you're going to be this aggressive offense and and mindset and go for it on short or fourth sure. and short all the time, like why not get a guy who's really good in short yardage and can sure. kind of get those tough yards? So. Uh, again, again, it's more about the mold than the specific player. Chain mover. Yeah. And, and, you know, especially as we're getting into these day three picks, you know, just for the, the activity or or for the sake of the podcast, like, you know, it's, we're not going to obviously nail, I mean, maybe we will of all who the Eagles (laughs) draft, but we're kind of, I think also talking about types they should be looking for. Yeah. So I'll go to number 162 and make my pick there. And that is Daniel Bellinger, tight end. He is only 21. Uh, run blocking tight end is what he is known for, but there is some pass catching upside. Didn't really produce a lot in college, but he has size and he tested well. He was actually the second best tight end in terms of relative athletic score in 2022. I'll read you the quote here from Dane Brugler, and that is overall Bellinger has unimpressive receiving production and doesn't always play up to his time speed, but he has natural ball skills and a detailed approach as a blocker. With his toughness and versatility, he projects as a backup Y tight end with upside. You look at the Eagles roster, I think they need more out of that number two tight end spot. I think Jack Stoll was okay, you know, didn't really do much. He was fine enough. Um, but I think to to upgrade that spot with a guy who I think has some upside, he's not going to be an amazing pass catching threat probably ever. But I think in this specific run heavy offense and they're going to use multiple tight end sets, I think he's a nice fit for for what the Eagles do here. And I just wanted to bring up, by the way, J.J. Artega Whiteside moving to tight end has no juice to me. Like, I don't. I don't like, people were like, yeah, acting like this has some intrigue. This is no intrigue for me. There's at, no like, intrigue. He, he was, was playing tight, tight end, end last yeah, year. Like, yeah. I just like like good for J.J. that he's willing to accept this, and sure. hopefully it works out for him, and maybe it gives him a better chance to make the team because in theory there's less numbers, I guess, yeah. at tight end than receiver in terms of who he's competing with. But like again, I just. The guy who was like too slow is like going to get better now by bulking up and getting even like I don't I just don't see how this really changes a lot for him. Um, yeah, no he's intrigue. Still very small for a tight end too. Like he's a sure. bigger receiver, sure, but he's six two two twenty something now as a receiver. How much how much weight can you realistically expect him to put on? And even if he does get up to two forty something, he's he'll still be very undersized. So not intrigued. I mean, again, okay. it's worth yeah. it's worth a look, <laughs> sure, but like it's not like, oh, this changes everything. It just doesn't. <laughs> did you see the ESPN like trade article? <laughs> I did. I think Bill it was Barnwell. Barnwell. And he had <laughs> This he is had, before the position change was announced by Yeah, the way. yeah. He had the Steelers trading up from twenty, I think, to fifteen, and the Eagles got, I don't know, like a second round pick or something like that. Uh, in the future, maybe I don't know, but the, he had JJ going back to the Steelers on the premise that the Steelers develop wide receivers better than any other team in the NFL, and they're going to. I mean, there's truth to him. that, but I mean, <laughs> it's very clear. I think that JJ is what he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you skipped me, uh, which is fine. I'll make just I'll just make two picks in a row then too. Uh, I have Zach Tom, center, Wake Forest. So I get my... His full name is Zachary uh, Thomas. <laughs> I get my uh, Jeff Stoutman. Jeff Stoutman. Stoutland developmental. Uh, actually, there are some people that think he's going to go higher than this. This is uh, round five, pick 154. 
but he's he's got some versatility. He played offensive tackle and center at Wake Forest. His home in the NFL will very likely be at center, but he's super athletic. Uh, again, give Stoutland a year to coach him up and maybe eventually take over for Jason Kelsey. I don't think we need to expand on him any further than that. Round five. Wait, is he related to former Dolphins linebacker Zach Thomas? Are you serious? <laughs> I don't know. It's a fair question, I feel like. Someone should ask that. And during, then... uh... <laughs> anyway. And then at uh, pick 162, I have Brandon Smith, linebacker, Penn State. Hmm. Another Eagles. Uh, highly rated. A highly rated player coming out of college. Or excuse me, coming out of high school. Um, 22nd ESPN recruiting, 39th rivals. Um didn't make many splash plays at Penn State. One career INT, one career forced fumble. Uh, had decent tackle production, but was mostly kind of a disappointment at Penn State. Um, size and athleticism is excellent. He's 6'4", 250. Uh, he runs, I think he ran like a, what is it? What, what did he run here? Let me see. A 4'5'2", which is excellent for a linebacker, of course. Um, really good athleticism. You drafted him on, on his size and athleticism. Uh, because a lot of people felt that like he was out of position oftentimes at Penn State would, you know, sort of get hung up on blocks uh, on defense. Out of Penn position, State. not in terms of role, but like in terms of like physically not in the right spot. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, so he had a disappointing career at Penn State after, you know, being, a, a, you know, a highly sought after recruit uh, coming out of high school. But uh, so it may seem like round five is a little late for, for him. I don't think so. I think uh, that's probably where he's going to go either rounds four or five. Uh, so I have the Eagles taken sort of an, uh, an upside flyer on, 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 a, you know, I don't have a linebacker taken yet. So I felt like, you know, pressured into maybe getting one here in, in the fifth round, probably a little too late to get, like, I think ideally they'll get one in rounds two or three. Uh, I went up and of course traded up for David Ajabo in round two. I took the corner in Taylor Britt in round three. So, uh, you know, people will be unhappy with uh, a linebacker going this late in round five. This just reminded me of the uh, ESPN article that came out last week that was like, actually, the Eagles are good at drafting. They rank number six in uh, whatever metric that ESPN put together oh, for that uh-huh, study. Yeah, yeah, and that. some people were like, well, actually, Howie is good. Sorry, <laughs> haters, you're all wrong. And it's like that same study gave the Eagles credit for drafting Jordan Foyer for some reason, like a lot of credit. Like the yeah. way it was calculated, and it also gave them a lot of credit for drafting Nate Gary. Nate which, Gary, yeah. like maybe that's not the best study to cite. Um, and also just using the uh, AV metric for those who don't know, that's uh, what is it? Average value that Pro Football Reference or approximate? Sorry, it's approximate. Value. Approximate value. I love Pro Football Reference. It's sure. like one of my favorite reference sites for like I use it religiously, um, but their AV tabulations are kind of useless <laughs> like for ESPN to, to do an entire study based on their AV is kind of ridiculous in my opinion and but yeah the team's point... credit for like <laughs> players they drafted but like didn't stick with them at all like but also uh a point that a friend of mine made offline too on that was uh they so if you look at like the long-term career of a player like it, it the AV can be fine as 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 a measure of like what they did over the course of their career so if you're looking at players that were drafted in 2010, 2011, yes. 2012, then yeah, then those players, it makes sense. But if you're looking at a guy that was drafted like a year ago right. and you're using his – that's absurd. Or to, to, like uh, in the case of uh, Gary. A lot of, a lot of AVs – sorry, one more quick yeah. thing. Well, AV too is like if you're, in, if you're not in the league that long, if you play at all, right. 
only just because nobody else yes. is worthy of playing, then you're going to have a higher AV than somebody that's actually a better player. That's what happened with Nate Gary. That's why he had a higher yes. number and he goes get credit for that. So like, I don't like, <laughs> right. yeah, like miss me with like, that's not the best example. If you want to make the argument, I'll hear it. But like, come on, you can't like, that's weak sauce. Uh, anyway. Oh, last thing I'll say on Brandon Smith, since you're the Eagles taking him, I was okay. reading, uh, um, Black Shoe Diaries, which is Penn State's SB Nation blog uh, about him when he kind of declared for the draft. And their takeaway that was that he probably should have stayed another year at Penn State. That's right. I and agree. like they were always waiting for that breakout season for him and it just never happened. So yeah. that's kind of their take on him. I figured I'd add that in. I think where you have him is a, is a spot I'd be more comfortable with taking a risk. I don't feel great about it. I think there's just some kind of there's probably a reason he hasn't lived up to that potential yet. And I just don't feel amazing about it playing out. But it's, at day three, it's worth, you know, taking a chance on maybe seeing if something clicks for him in the NFL. At number, are you ready for my pick at 166, Jimmy? My penultimate yes. pick in this mock draft? I, I feel am. really good about wait. my last two picks. Uh, at number 166 overall, I have, I don't care who how this guy, this guy could be the worst player ever to play football. <laughs> Get him on the Eagles. His name is Smoke Monday. How could you not oh, want yeah, a guy on the team whose name is Smoke? Auburn, right? Yeah. Yes. And he played in the SEC, by the way. Uh, his first name is Quinn Darius. That is his, re- okay. his, his birth name. He's called Smoke Monday. It's the best name in the draft, easily. Not even a question. He produced in the SEC. He had 171 tackles, 17 tackles for loss, six sacks, five interceptions, eight passes defense, three touchdowns as a defender, which is pretty good and one forced fumble. He is big hitter, kind of more known as a box safety. Uh, he's also known as a guy who really, quote, loves ball, which everyone likes to talk about. The quote here that Lance Sirline had in his scouting report for NFL.com was from an NFC executive, and it was that, quote, when all his teammates were opting out of their bowl game, Smoke opted in because he couldn't Imagine not playing in an extra game. I want those kinds of guys on my field. So he's like a real football guys guy. And at this yeah. point in the draft, you know, it's late and I haven't had the Eagles drafting a safety yet. And the name is awesome. I figured why not? So safety is another int- intriguing position that we've both ignored, by the way, until this point. Uh, I have a safety coming up as well. Uh, but uh, in the second round, you have guys like, Lewis Seen, who might actually go round one from Georgia, but then you have guys like uh, Jaquan Brisker from from Penn State, Jalen Petrie from Baylor. I think there are possibilities in the second round, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think it's a great safety class. I thought I, like originally, it, like I thought it might be, but eh, Daxton Hill will probably go first round, and then of course Kyle Hamilton will go uh, probably top ten. If not, I can't see him getting past. Washington at 11, but that's the guy they maybe fall to the Eagles, but I highly doubt it. Like, if you fell to the Eagles, you run it up. Like, give me that guy in a, in a, in a heartbeat. Uh, but I don't see them taking safety in the first two, three rounds because I don't think there's just that many that are available. Seems like there's just a bunch of guys, kind of, like Nate Allen kind of caliber, like, you know, a guy. Like, a guy who can start maybe his whole – or he'll play out his rookie contract, but maybe he yeah. signs with another team or whatever. Yeah, it's not a stack. Like I really liked Antoine Winfield the one year that that like I thought that he would have been a great second round pick and last long enough to for the Eagles to get him. Um, but yeah, it's it's just an okay safety draft once you get past like Kyle Hamilton in my opinion. So um, yeah, I, I had to wait until now to get one. I took Verone McKinley uh, from Oregon. Didn't have great size. Doesn't have great size. Didn't have a great workout at the combine. 
Uh, but he's, you know, instinctive, productive, uh, 77 tackles, uh, six interceptions for Oregon in, in 2021. So he's a guy that, uh, because, you know, he's got smarts and whatever, um, can maybe help immediately because of his high football IQ. And it's a need that, I mean, the Eagles starting safeties right now are Anthony Harris and Marcus Epps, which is not great. Well, until uh, they sign maybe, the Honey Badger, Jimmy. Maybe they sign Honey Badger no. after they don't take a safety early in this draft, which is possible. I mean, it's um, possible, but I don't think it's likely. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a position that I mean they're really hurting for starting players in my opinion. So uh, I don't know. This is a guy that they can maybe help you right away this late in the draft. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's it's a weird year for safety because it's such a need and there just aren't that many players uh, that are, that are worth taking. And they might be gone by the like the players that are worth taking, like Kyle Hamilton. Like I said, would probably be gone in the first round. Seen. Brisker and Petrie could all be gone by the time the Eagles pick at 51. And then there just really isn't that much thereafter uh, that, that you would take that early anyway. Maybe you move Marcus Jones to safety. You can take him and you see if he can, he can line <laughs> up back there on, on the back end and figure it out. But uh, okay. Uh, that brings us to our final picks. And I, I feel really good about this as a final pick. I think this is a guy who's been a little underrated. Okay. Wide receiver. All right. He had 15.2 yards per reception in college total. He's coming off a season 79 receptions for 1,172 yards and seven touchdowns with the Miami, the U. Shout out Matt Mullen, uh, alumnus. Last year, this is a player who really popped to me when I was watching Jalen Hurts highlights after Jalen Hurts was drafted in 2020. And that is one Charleston Rambo. Okay. I specifically remember... Uh, Gus Johnson having a really good call about Charleston Rambo. It's like, when Rambo's running down the field, like he was really like leaning into the R's, and it was I was like, that's awesome. Um, so maybe I'm I'm a little colored from that experience of uh of that call, and that's fine because it's super late in the draft. It's two thirty. This is a late pick. Obviously, it's two thirty seven. Like there's a big yeah. gap from where the Eagles just picked at one sixty six to two thirty seven. Uh, so why not? You know, why not take a shot on another receiver here? They still have, even if they add a Jamison Williams, like I had them adding, they still could afford to add some more talent at that spot. And hey, like, why not add a guy who had, he had some of his before last year with Miami. He, one of his, his best year actually at Oklahoma was with Jalen Hurts um, in 2019. So seemed like they had some kind of chemistry connection. Why not give Jalen Hurts some more support uh, this late in the draft? So that's my final pick. Yeah, this pick comes via the Saints. The Eagles had to move back from round six to round seven. Saints got them there. Wow. <laughs> In their trade earlier this offseason. Uh, I have Matt Waletsko, offensive tackle, North Dakota. He's 6'8", 312. Um, I was watching some stuff on him. Uh, well, he's 6'8", and he's got 30, 36 and uh, you know one-eighth inch arms. So... He's got extreme length and he's got like his spider chart. It's like, he's got very good athleticism. Uh, I was watching a little bit of him um, like running his 40 at the combine. And it's like, as he's running it, Daniel Jeremiah is like commenting on how skinny his legs are. (laughs) (laughs) So you read any scouting report on this guy and uh, everyone says, you know, he's going to have to get uh, more strength. He's going to have to get in the weight room and, and get stronger and um or else he's just not going to be a functional player he's got to add functional strength and and um you know get a little bigger or whatever 
but if he can do that, he's a guy that with that length and with that athleticism, you, you know, you count on a guy like Jeff Stalin to get the most out of him. So uh, pretty simple reasoning there. I, he did compete at the senior bowl. I do remember him going up against, you know, uh, like legitimate first and second round prospects uh, at the senior bowl guys like, you know, Jermaine Johnson and Boye Mafe and, uh, you know, others I who were escaping me. And he held his own well enough against those guys. So, um, you know, I, I think he's a guy that is worth sort of a flyer back here in round seven. So those are our drafts. I do definitely think it makes sense to take a late guy, offensive lineman. Why not see what Jeff Stoutland can do with him? Um, I'm going to recap mine, Jimmy, if you want to recap yours after I read okay. mine. So I have the Eagles taking Jamison Williams, George Karlaftis, Chad Muma, Cam Jurgens, Marcus Jones, D'Angelo Malone, Hassan Haskins, Daniel Bellinger, Smoke Monday, and one Charleston Rambo. I mean, come on, Rambo in an Eagles jersey and Smoke Monday. I thought you were going to say he made like some kind of like Sylvester Stallone reference. Well, yeah, you could have you could have Rocky, you could have Sly come back to Philly <laughs> and right. wear a jersey that says Rambo on it. Yeah, uh, there, there you go. go. Uh, okay. That's mine. What's yours again? Well, before I give my list, what do you think you missed? Okay. Yeah, sure. So I'll give a little self critique at the end here. I didn't add a defensive tackle, which I think is a huge need. (laughs) I wanted to add Jordan Davis. So let me be clear. That was, you know, uh, effort or efforted, but I didn't work. I guess the way I was trying to justify it is that again, I can kind of kick Carl Aftison inside or Brandon Graham inside more since I added Mm -hmm. two edge rushers here and kind of just rely on that for now and maybe figure out defensive tackle next year. Or if the Eagles don't get a Jordan Davis, I think there are some like day two or trade back late one candidates that I like a lot. Perrion Winfrey, more of like a three tech Guy's going to add some pass rushing juice like him a lot. The Eagles brought Marvin Leal him in for yes, he, that's another option. Phil Darian Mathis. Well, Travis Jones is kind of catching on Travis here Jones. too, yep. and it's almost like I would say a Jordan Davis consolation prize. If the Eagles don't get yep. a Jordan Davis, they could, and if they want like a guy who's bigger like that on the interior, they could add a Travis Jones from UConn, who they also brought in for a pre-draft visit, um, and a guy who seems to kind of be getting some like late first round buzz more so recently. So again, that wouldn't could be... surprise me at all. He unblockable at the senior bowl. Travis Jones you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. And so if the Eagles do trade back from 18, I think that could be, you know, a guy they look at or early day two if they trade up. Um, so even if they don't get Jordan Davis, there's still some names I like there. And I, I do think it makes a lot of sense to add a defensive tackle. I know they drafted Milton Williams, but with Cox out the door again, likely slash hopefully in terms of if he continues to trade trend downwards. I mean, ideally he doesn't and you, you can resign him again, I guess, but, and also Javon Hargrave not signed uh, beyond this year yet. Then I definitely think you have to add someone on the interior. The other quick things I'll add is I would like, I said it earlier, but I'll reiterate that the Eagles need to get at least one future pick like from either in 2023 or mm-hmm. 2024 in this draft. I think that's a priority. And then maybe I took a running back too high, Maybe I took a tight end too high because those might be positions they can get either later or UDFA. Um, but I think that's kind of more minor quibbling than major issues. Uh, why don't you go through yours? So I got Jordan Davis defensive tackle. I have uh, wide receiver Traylon Burks. I have cornerback slash safety. Oh, excuse me. No, uh, edge rusher David Ajabo. I have cornerback slash safety Cam Taylor Britt. Um, running back Damian Pierce. Punter, Matt Ariza, center, Zach Tom, uh, linebacker, Brandon Smith, uh, safety, Verone McKinley, and rounded it out with uh, offensive tackle, Matt Let's go. Uh, I think 
the obvious things that I have missing here are the early linebacker. Uh, I think, again, like I said, there are, there's going to be value in rounds two and three. So to not get one there is maybe a little disappointing. Uh, and then I didn't have a tight end at all. I actually think it's a very strong tight end class. Not early. Like there, there's going to be none that are taken in the first round. There's going to be a handful of them taken on day two. But I think it's really strong, deep uh, in on day three. So to not take advantage of that is you know something that I really haven't done in any of my mocks so far. Um, but I think they're they could and probably will take a tight end on day three at some point. Um, so I would say that would be sort of a miss on my end. But uh, otherwise, I feel like I got all the major needs taken care of. I wonder if you know one thing that we didn't neither of us had that I wonder if we're maybe sleeping on is a day three quarterback. Hmm. We didn't, we didn't talk about that position. did we? <laughs> um, no, like not at all. Yeah. I mean, I think we've discussed it before the idea of, you know, if Malik Willis falls and by the way, Willis was not even in the first round of Peter King's mock draft this morning, which okay. is a little interesting. Uh, I think he only had two quarterbacks going at all, which was Kenny Pickett at 20 to Pittsburgh, staying in Pittsburgh. And then he had Matt Corral going at 32 okay. with the Falcons trading up to that spot to get him. Um, so I would, I mean, let's say like Matt Corral falls to 51. Like, do you think they would do that? They brought him in for a visit. Yeah. It's good value at, at 51. <laughs> they in took my Jalen Hurts at there. what, 53 or 52? <laughs> I think he's a better prospect than Hurts was when mm-hmm. he came out. So, so, yeah, I could maybe. justify that, sure. Uh, yeah, I don't need to force it, but wouldn't can't rule it out. Uh, they've certainly done some homework on these quarterback prospects, so I can see them like taking a Sam Howell. I feel like, especially because I feel like Howell's kind of taken a beating in terms of his mm-hmm. stock, and maybe he's kind of just like really, maybe he's still sitting there in like round three for all I know, and right. uh, and they're just like, why not at this point? Because he once was highly thought of, and and kind of be like their Matt Barkley pick where they'll add him and he won't do anything <laughs> but people will be like oh this guy has a little intrigue Great um pick yeah <laughs> right so it's it's in the it's in the cards it's I mean it's not impossible what percentage chance do you think let's say if they they draft a quarterback what would you so put let's at? say they have like an opportunity to trade Gardner Minshew well if you do that you don't have a quarterback unless you really really like Reed Sinet uh but it you know if you take a guy in the third round, for example, or you get a Matt Corral in round two or whatever, it does give you the opportunity to feel better about trading Gardner Minshew in you anyway. And if you sort of go down that route, you only you only have I mean, you're trading a, a guy in Minshew that only has one year left on his deal. You might get a fourth round pick back for, for someone like him. Um you draft a guy, you're gonna have you know, four years of a of a quarterback on a rookie contract. So um I mean, there's justifiable reasoning to it, but I, I don't, I don't see it happening. <laughs> like, of course I didn't, uh, but yeah, at this point, because especially after the Saints trade where they, you know, they actually successfully added the first round pick in 2023. But I think there, there, there is logic to it possibly happening. Who do you think the Eagles take with their first round pick? I know we played the game, obviously our draft of the most likely uh, picks and whatnot, but like, as it we're, we're days away, like who's going to be that yeah. first pick? Who is it going to be? Jim? Yeah. So, I mean, I really struggled with whether to have them trading up for not what they should you know, do either, again, what you think. Uh, no, I understand. Yeah. But, but, but there's so many different trade up options. Like there are four primary trade up options, in my opinion, the two corners, uh, sauce and Stingley and uh, a couple of edge rushers in, uh, Thibodeau 
or Jermaine Johnson. And I don't think Thibodeau is going to fall enough to a, a spot where it's going to be, you know, worthwhile enough to go up and get him. I don't think Johnson's good enough to give up a, a fair amount to go up and get him. I think also the cost is going to be too much to go up to get one of the corners. So when I did this mock, I figured just sitting there and getting the player that falls, because somebody good is going to, is going to be there at 15. It, you know, it may not be the edge rusher that you want or the corner that you want, but it's going to be a good player. So I've kind of leaned toward them just sticking and picking at 15. And again, if Jordan Davis is there, I think they take him. So I'd go with him. Like I, I sort of formulated my mock on what I thought they would do. I think that's well logic because like, again, I, I really want it to be Jamison Williams, but I just don't, I don't know that he's going to make it there to, to number 15. Mm-hmm. I will say as we're recording this pod, Todd McShay did a little column for ESPN about like what he's hearing. And I'll read the quote here. Multiple execs I spoke with think Alabama whiteout Jamison Williams is the Philadelphia Eagles preference at number 15. And if not Philly, okay. then the New Orleans Saints could be his floor. Again, I would, I'd be shocked if he got past the Eagles. Um, that's my own uh, cut in there. If another team wants Williams, it will probably have to be or have to move up at least to the Baltimore Ravens pick at the number 14 slot, which is obviously just ahead of the Eagles. Baltimore, which already has eight picks in rounds two to four, is always willing to move back. So a little more Jamison Williams smoke. Uh, it's really boring. Well, well, if one I... could think on, uh, on Jamison Williams. Yeah. Uh, also, in my conversation with Tommy, uh, Tommy Lawler, he made the point. Yeah, I'd love Jamison Williams. Like he he would really love to have Jamison Williams too. But he's like he's like, you know, I would also have to prepare myself for him running wide open down the field and Jalen Hurts not being able to get him the ball. <laughs> well, that is another component to it. And uh but hey, if that's the case though, if that is happening, then hopefully you are in a spot next offseason where you can be like, Hey, we have Jamison Williams on the roster, other quarterback that we're looking to acquire why don't you come to philly like you're making it more attractive still for the future so in the very worst case scenario uh i'm gonna say it's williams i'm gonna say the eagles are gonna get jamison williams because if i copy you that's boring i get your point but why would i just copy that it's not fun to say so i'll say it's jamison williams and i called my shot with Devontae smith last year it worked out so let's see if i can maybe uh, maybe maybe we're sleeping on him as a trade-up target too if you get in my mind it's always just been defensive end or corner that mm-hmm. they trade up for. But maybe if they really like a play, I mean, Jordan Davis could maybe fall in that bucket too. If they yes, really like agreed. him, Davis Williams, uh, in addition to the cornerback and edge rushers. I agree with that, Jimmy. Uh, you should listen to me. I told them to look, I've been, I'm, <laughs> am I the, the best draft expert ever out there? Yes. But that's besides the point. And <laughs> in recent years, Jimmy in 2020, I said, take Justin Jefferson. We both said that. Yeah. They yeah. didn't listen to me. They took Jalen right nope. Not really working out so far, I would say. Still time, but not working out. Uh, 2021, I said, take Devontae Smith. Looking pretty good. So I'm two for two, and that means they should listen to me once again and take Jamison Williams slash and or Jordan Davis. Again, if they get both, I will be very nice to Howie for some time until I decide I want to criticize him more in the future. All right, Jimmy. That, that was like your Jeffrey Lurie speech where he's like, uh, yeah, I, I want a Jordan Mylotta, Lane Johnson, and Russell Wilson. <laughs> Those, those were the only two picks. The only three times I ever really wanted a player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, if, if the owner of the team can do it, then I can do it too. That's right. Uh, any final thoughts, James? Uh, yes. I had COVID this past week. Hmm. Uh, I quarantined with, uh, with my girlfriend and my daughter. And uh, I would just recommend 
that if you can avoid getting COVID, you should do so because <laughs> it's not fun. Uh, so I'm thankful that I was vaccinated and boosted uh, because it, it actually kicked my ass. And I wonder how bad it could have been if I hadn't had that added protection. So if you have not gotten vaccinated, uh, please consider doing so. Agree. Uh, my final thought is that I'm excited, Jimmy, for the draft. It'll be fun. We'll have plenty of coverage here at BleedingGreenNation.com. Obviously, you will as well as at Philly Voice. Uh, so stay tuned to all that. In addition to, to the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed here, check out the BGN YouTube channel for some things we're going to have streaming there. The SB Nation NFL show is going to have a lot of live coverage. I'll be hopping on there uh, to talk about the draft uh, as it's happening in the first round, probably before the Eagles make their picks and obviously checking in at different points. So make sure you check out all of that. The one request I will make, Jimmy, is that uh, we ask for, you know, ratings, reviews a lot and whatnot, you know, five stars, all that good stuff. Appreciate that. And I will remind you that even if you already have given that in the past, you can always update it and it'll actually jump to like the top and like it'll show up as a more recent one. So if you left one years ago, and you want to give some new feedback, like you can do that as well. Don't just think that, oh, I did it already, so I can't do it again. You can. But the other thing is that, uh, hey, uh, word of mouth is always a good way to spread the podcast. So if you know someone who likes the Eagles and they might not know about Bleeding Green Nation and their podcasting, why not uh, mention it to them and, and you know introduce it to their lives? We'd appreciate that. So that'll just about do it for our one of our best episodes, I feel like, of the year, Jimmy, where we, we go through this mock draft and whatnot. Um, we'll see how right or how wrong we were, I suppose, soon that's enough. Right. But uh, we had fun along the way, and that's all that matters. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. This has been BGN Radio, which has been brought to you by Right to Sell and Craft Jerky. Go to righttosellin.com. Discount code BGN15, 15% off your order. Same discount code at wildnaturepet.com for 15% off dog treats. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a home, you can go to roachforlitters.com, or you can call or text the following phone number that Jimmy will tell you right now. Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Gowton. Follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Follow at BGN underscore radio for the podcast account at Bleeding Green for the website account at Bleeding Green Insta for the Instagram BGN Instagram account. So a lot of good coverage and such and Eagles news coming your way. So we'll be here for the whole thing. Jimmy, I'll see you later. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, mom. No. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.